I think Italy were utterly embarrassing. I thought England were absolutely awful. Scotland got absolutely abused. And just on a side note, boys, the realization of that this weekend could be our last weekend in this year's World Cup. Uh, good evening, welcome to the A&E Rugby Podcast with Andrew. Andrew, how's it? Hi, Elmer. How are you? Yeah, not so bad of myself, Elmer, of course, and uh, with a different intro there from the voice of the Cape himself, <laughs> and while being uh, very focused on the negative, yeah, <laughs> including us possibly going out the World Cup. Yeah. That, uh, that, that's resonating a bit with me. I'm, I'm, every day I'm becoming more and more apprehensive and nervous, but I'm zoning in on it. You, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, the, the only thing I'm not looking forward to is that long day on a Sunday getting to the match. I truly don't know what to do with myself. Gosh, yeah, yeah, that's definitely a day with the family, but, uh, I'm not sure what we'll be doing. So, uh, apart from feeling nervous and anxious, uh, Andrew, what have you been up to? I'm not, I'm not nervous and anxious. I, I'm, I'm getting there, but it's still at like one out of ten. Um, yeah, so, um, good weekend uh, with, with my kids. And then yesterday, um, up to the Grosvenor House again for another awards event. Um, another awards event that we didn't win. And, uh, yeah, so the good thing about it was because it was a Monday night and you, you're kind of weary of having a drink or two, I'd actually quit drinking on Sunday um, for 90 days. It lasted me nine hours mm. because uh, I, I, just, I just felt like a whiskey. <laughs> so, yeah, so now I've quit again. Um, I think until at least Thursday. Oh, well, good luck again. I think uh, <laughs> double the time. This is deja vu, I think, on the podcast. <laughs> it was a quiet weekend, my my end. A uh, couple of uh, nights out camping with my daughter, which I love, and long mm. may that continue. Along with this lack of weather, long may this continue. Gee, how, uh, how gorgeous was the weather over the weekend? No, absolutely stunning. Um, I'm, I'm having a bit of a, not a love-hate, but a 50-50 relationship with this World Cup. Mm. You get very excited for the week, the weekend's games, um, and uh, there's, there's more than the fair share of anticlimaxes. And, uh, gosh, if you look at, uh, I think I turned off four games, and it wasn't even half-time over the weekend, including um, France v Italy and the big one on the Saturday evening, the Ireland, um, the Ireland-Scotland game. You turn it off. I turned it off. It wasn't even half time because because it was game over. And so I, are you going to admit that my theory was right? <laughs> Go on, remind the listeners and myself of your theory. Andrew. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll cut it short. What, what I was saying was, these teams that have been challenging the tops of the three or four teams wouldn't be able to do it after the top teams being together for six to eight weeks. That that gap is too big in terms of each individual skill set. So the fact that they're not playing doesn't count against them. And in my view, it, it actually it, it was right. The Italy match, the Ireland-Scotland match, um, Uruguay can't count because they were never in for a challenge. But Italy were. I mean, mm, we were. I, I, I actually thought this could be Italy's kind of big World Cup. They could maybe get into a quarterfinal. Um, and then Scotland as well. And I, there's been a lot of negative stuff said about Scotland as well. But what they've done is they've been demolished by the one numbers one and two teams in the world. Mm. 
you know, and we forget that, and we know that there's a big gap there. Um, they're just going to have to recruit, you know, more South Africans. So it'll probably be in their interest to get a South African coach who's based <laughs> in Pretoria. <laughs> I think uh, was it uh, Peter Mahoney is uh, reminding the uh, South Africans in the Scotland team that they weren't good enough. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was hilarious. Anyways, they were chatting to him about the hundred caps, and he's there saying, "I can't believe that they said they knew how to undo us." Um, so yeah, hundred caps for him. That's, he's, he's a good player. Yeah, he's, he's a, a hey, he's a he's a mongrel. He's, yeah, he's like an anvil. He just uh, he's destructive. He never gets injured. Won't go away. He's got edge. No. Okay, uh, just uh, just a quick word to the listeners. Um, we uh, put this podcast back twenty four hours because the word on the street was the Springboks <laughs> are announcing the squad no to play France, but Rassi being Rassi has disrupted things again and he's keeping us on our toes so uh we believe the announcement will be on friday so uh my, myself and andrew will be putting another podcast a shorter podcast out on friday mm. to react to that news i mean let, let's just let's just pause at that your russie's got game plans i mean have you ever seen a coach do this kind of stuff i mean look look at it from the french the french perspective so what he's done for the last I don't know how long's he been. They've been doing six months, a year, six months at least. I it, don't know, but it, it wasn't that long because I think um, wasn't it that long? I think if I if I'm you know somebody will correct me if I'm mistaken. I think they started doing this because there was leaks getting out. Yeah, I know why they started doing yeah. it. I'm just more. And it wasn't that long ago. He, he yeah, said he, ago. he didn't want any pressure on anybody for it not to be leaked. But mm. if so, so what he was doing was. Putting the team out like on a Monday when they're playing on a Saturday or Tuesday mm -hmm. they're playing Saturday, where they only by law or um, by the governance structures had to be out by the Thursday. And what it's done is it's given everybody um, a, a, like a look at this team before Absolutely. they actually do all of their preparation for that week, which was, was quite unusual. And I, I thought to myself, I, I don't, I didn't quite buy into that. We've got leaks in the team because there was a bit of a soft reason to do it. There's always been leaks, so mm. why change it now? Clearly, this is the point that he wanted to get to. Now, the French would have been thinking, right, Tuesday we're going to book a four-hour workshop to you know hear what, hear what he's had to say, and boom, now we're there. So he's disrupted them. I, you must have. That's classic, isn't it? And um, I quite enjoyed the build-up to the World Cup and even in the pool stages of the team being announced super so early. So did I. This is us. This is our game plan. It's not always the same. There's a few uh, variances deal with it and what i love they did it against um gosh i mean even before they did it twickenham uh for the all blacks mm. who despite their whinging about the 60 split or maybe their media more so than their uh, their players and coaching setup they picked they almost fell into the trap didn't they pick the 60 split yeah. but i think um i don't know i mean in the group stages i'm sure there'll be all sorts of conspiracies at the moment that um or maybe Am needs a couple more days before they decide whether they're putting him in or not. Maybe yeah. they're looking at Pollard a bit further. But it's probably just as simple as what you've just said, huh? disrupt the plans. Disrupt and not it. only that, give the opposition less time to look at the squad you, you've selected or give yourself an opportunity to look at the squad they've selected. Either way, it's all... It's, it's well, well, the, 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 main, sensible, the main thing for me, if I was a coach and looking at it, is in France, the French wouldn't have announced their team until later in the week because it would have been... They, they're definitely going to take some consideration of the South African side. They won't know the French team before that South Africans... Or they just probably would have been lazy, which is how they would have been caught. But now, 
they've got to prepare in a way that they never planned to prepare. And it's disruptive. So they will they will only announce their team late. And what what would you be saying if you were the French coaches? Okay, how do we think these these so many permutations that Rossi and Jock have done over the last few months that I'm almost thinking it could be like a five three. You could we see a four four? I don't know, but um, <laughs> I think from a French perspective, it'd be the same as us perspective, the same as also the Kiwi and the um, and the Irish perspective. I think those four teams are. S- so much further than the rust yeah. that um, it's okay. Uh, I think the teams will almost pick themselves, and the, and they'll just pick their teams regardless. Mm. I don't think there'll be very many changes simply because of the opposition they're playing. And I think France will just pick their best team, Dupont playing obviously, <laughs> and um, and they'll they won't even think about. I don't think they'll think too much about the Springbok selections uh-huh. unless unless. Mon, say a Marnie starts ahead so of Pollard, that's and that's what, a big, that's big what I was difference. Say. That's a big variation in how we'll play. Exactly. So yeah. that's what I was going to say. Because we can now play such two different, or we mm. have the capability of playing two very different types so, of games. Yeah. Um, you could select a team with where the heavier proportion. So who starts? So if the strategy is going, we want three six nine. We're going to play Pollard. You potentially will pick a different team. In fact, you will pick a, a different team to be your run-on team to yeah. versus who you have on the bench. Okay, then <laughs> let's just quickly um, let's quickly go over the uh, the weekend's games. And um, well, it was before the weekend, wasn't it? We started with um, uh, New Zealand playing Uruguay, seventy-three-zero. Turned off in the first half. Although Uruguay, to see their credit, were having a real go more than Italy were. Uh, absolutely. I mean. My, my respect for for them, Portugal, like has gone through the roof in terms of the effort and what it meant to these guys and the emotion. Like I really enjoy that about rugby, and I see the advantages of playing like for like. Um, you know, I'm sure Portugal would love a crack at Italy, eh? Have a crack at Italy. Who wouldn't? Well, Who wouldn't? Well, Dawking probably looking oh. there. Dawking seconds are probably <laughs> looking for a game. <laughs> yeah, so I I switched that off. I, I just I. Uh, again, New Zealand, they, they struggled for the first 20 minutes. I don't think they scored a point. So they're very inaccurate. Um, and it took them a while to gel. But again, their forwards, uh, they don't win me over yet. And I don't think the team's battle hardened. And that battle hardened status counts for a lot in World Cup knockout games. Huge, which, uh, they've discovered to their detriment in World Cup sports. Mm. I, I would almost go as far as to say the fact that we were so battle hardened. In the last World Cup is what won it for us. Um, it allowed us to just completely take England apart because England hadn't even been tested. Even the All Blacks didn't test. And uh, I remember prior to the World Cup, obviously we had the Rugby Championship, which we'd won, but uh, we also went to Japan very early from memory and mm. played Japan in one of the warm-ups in yes. Japan. So. I wanted to get the monkey off the back. Okay, the next game was uh, the following night. France 60, Italy, of course, 7 Another game I turned off at half time, despite uh, Italy actually scoring a try that should have been allowed. Well, enough said. I didn't even watch it. No, I think he did the right thing there. Uh, yeah, uh, then Wales 43, uh, Georgia 19. Georgia played um, pretty well here. Um, mm. Just please, World Rugby, create more games for these. These teams are on a, are on the cusp at the moment. You know, they're, yeah. they're ranked higher than Italy and have been for two or three years now. Mm. 
please, what are we going to do with them? We can't allow them to turn into another Romania and just drift drift away from mm. world rugby. And um, yeah, you know, you're hundred percent right. It's um, world rugby. I mean, it's a it is a completely different conversation because the things I could say about them and how wrong I think they are. It, it's funny that the whole like I don't know. I haven't spoken to anybody, and I talk rugby with everybody, and not one person has said to me, not one has said, oh, I think they're doing a good job or they're doing the right thing. So how can it be that blatantly obvious? And and they, they're very passive. But I, you haven't heard anything. Okay, and then we, uh, we go on to England. England 18, Samoa 17. But before we talk about uh, this game, let's hear what our England correspondent, Big Ben, fresh from his trip to Amsterdam, had to say about it. Well, I don't really want to talk about um, just enough RUFC. Uh, we just have to see what happens against Fiji because they're battered and bruised now. They're going to be coming out of the stocks fighting and looking to take on someone and make an example of us. So that'll be fun. I mean, we've probably got it in us to win the next round, but by probably just enough. I mean, but if you do want to talk about something, I think the Tier 2 Nations is one to start on. I mean, I was having a little chat with Elmer last week saying that... Um, Let's need bums on seats. If they make tour packages available for places like Portugal, you've got middle-aged fat fuckers like me that used to play that still enjoy a drink, going to watch a game and pretending they've still got it, jump on a plane to the Algarve, spend a weekend watching rugby in a shirt and tie rather than actually playing it, getting battered and then trying to drink the day after. I mean, people will go to these things. It will put bums on seat. It will get nations like Portugal, Georgia... You know, even nights of Spain, especially talking about just in Europe, really, um, noticed. Um, I mean, you want to add people to the Six Nations, why, why are we looking at South Africa when you've got the likes of Georgia and Portugal done? I mean, it's, a, it's an age-old argument, really, but, you know, I mean, you, you, you got to think for the future. Well, I'm glad to be back anyway, because Amsterdam was a bit of a mess-up. And I went to Wembley to watch a real sport, you know, American football, and um, got food poisoning from a hot dog. <laughs> that was fun. About as much fun as watching Just Enough RUFC. Well, anyway, guys, my lift's here. I will speak to you all later. Uh, thank you, Big Ben. He's finally emerged from the depths of uh, Amsterdam. And uh, see what he did there? He, he spoke about England for about 10 seconds before shifting the conversation <laughs> that way. <laughs> what, what position did Big Ben play? Front he row? still plays front row, yeah, tight head. Um, just just on his point about the uh, the second tier Six Nations, I've been to a couple of those games with an old mutual friend, Phil, Romania and Portugal. It was a wonderful experience. Mm. Wonderful experience. Because I, th I think... Full the, stadium. Yeah, and, and also they... So prices aren't as exorbitant. It's cheap. Yes, and so you get to go to these countries and enjoy it to watch some rugby. I agree. I, I thoroughly, I absolutely support that. And also to take my son and us go and do that. It's a you know, good bonding absolutely. session and everything. It'd be great. And back on England, I think England would do quite well in the second tier of the uh, Oh, they're nations. not second tier. Oh. <laughs> um, England were as bad as I've ever seen them play. And I've watched some calamities over the last couple of months they couldn't at a stage they couldn't put a pass together uh, the, the, like the incompetence of the way the way they play their individual skills that are on display kind of they buy into the system 
I mean, Manu Tuilegi, he, because he was playing against Samoa, he, he was like, he was trying to be friendly with mm, everybody. You know, I, noticed, I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. You know, you're playing for England. This is business. This isn't, this isn't a game. People pay their salaries to come watch you these things. And you, them. yeah, you know, it's not a joke. It's not a ceremony. And it's not, you know, pat each other on the back. You get stuck in. And, um, this, it'll, it's, I'm interested to see where England rugby goes after this and and then just kind of my last point on this do you do you think it's time that they take the captaincy away from Farrell and see if that causes some um, or the selections in the team change so they don't have to select him just based on the captaincy I'll answer that in a second Andrew I'm just mm -hmm. looking at what I wrote down whilst watching the game and uh, like you I mean I've written um, cumbersome disjointed can't even pass from one one side of the field to the other. They can't. Yeah. That's 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 what I've written here. Uh, that um, the only time they looked anything other than this was when uh, Kerr and Smith came in. Yeah. Kind of changed the tempo and looked as if they knew what they were doing. I mean, Danny Kerr immediately looked yeah. as if he knew he what he was doing. He scored straight away. He yeah. scored a good try, didn't he? In terms of uh, Farrell, the uh, the shot cock, as he's now called or. Was it the, the shot, shot clock? clock? The shot clock. We'll call him the shot clock. <laughs> I've never seen that before, by the way. <laughs> no, I've seen it happen, but I've never seen it being last, which is different. Look, uh, would I strip him of the captaincy? I think, um, yes, I would, and I'd have George Ford playing, and um, March and 13, and maybe Tuilagi uh, inside, and uh, as they were playing at the start of the tournament. Mm. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, Looking at, uh, is it Borthwick? Borthwick's yeah. um, statements, he's backing his man constantly. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I would, but I'm not an England supporter. And yourself? Yeah, I, I think you need to, I, I would really look at this team. I, I think there's a couple of factors at play. Borthwick is coaching very short term. I think he's trying to follow a little bit of the Gatlin model to harden the guys on defence and then just hope they can stick it in a, in a little bit of individual brilliance from somebody will create a chance where they score a, tr a try, and they've got decent kickers, so they, they could win that way. But England but, are better than this. They deserve oh, better than this. Andrew, and the the players are better than this. Even the, the, <coughs> the weather is better than this. Do you, do you know what it felt like to me watching it? It felt like a friendly where England started off well. I think they scored first. And they thought, oh, this looks good. And then they just eased off completely for 60, 70 minutes. Or... Um, well, I say all, but give credit to Samar, who went mm. after them and had huge amounts of territory in mm. possession. Or, and if they got a few kicks, they would have won. Absolutely. A bit unlucky with a decision for a try. I mean, there was nothing obvious to me for the try, but they go either I, way. I don't, know, I don't know how you could make that call either way. That's what no, it looked like but, to me. But isn't the, isn't the law that if it's not obvious? Apparently, it is. <coughs> and, and they took it as... <coughs> I am, um, again... The interventions of the TMO are too much. I, I don't know where we're going with it. Everything gets over-analyzed to the nth degree. Um, and the England just disallowed try. I mean, <sighs> propelling himself forward. I mean, yeah. What? <laughs> no, Daddy, I agree with that. His, his, knee, his knee hit the ground and then he started trading again. <sighs> what, what about your favorite player, Freddie Stewart? Oh, God. The height of him. I mean, Samara executed a wonderful cross kick. Perfect. I mean, Perfect. it couldn't have been any, but who does it go over? Apparently the, <laughs> the best goalkeeper in the, in uh, England. He, he is so limited 
I've been going on about this for you ages. Have. You've been going on about this for every and, year. Now. And it seems like it's starting to gather a bit yeah. of um, momentum. You, Joe, um, Smith came on, and he he actually, the game changed, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Even Danny Kerr, and there was a bit of excitement. What those two do bring is energy, and energy and a buzz. Mm-hmm. And it, it changed the dynamic a bit, and they, they got oh, the win absolutely. in the end. But it was a disgrace. Moving on. Uh, Ireland, Scotland. So before we talk about this, let's hear uh, what friend of the show Lit had to say. Hi, Andrew and Alma. Um, here's my take on the Scotland-Ireland game. Scotland came into this Rugby World Cup ranked fifth, and I would have expected a lot more from them. But they and the teams ranked after them only proved that the divide between the top four sides are huge, much bigger than expected. Although Scotland had territory and possession, they failed to execute, I I believe it's three tries to one, if I'm not mistaken. As for Ireland, I think they showed their hand. They looked tired after 60 minutes. Even their subs looked tired. Um, Did they play fantastic or was Scotland just abysmal? I think the latter. Um, Numerous Irish pundits and newspapers are saying Ireland is yet to peak and we haven't seen their best yet. I don't buy that at all. Um, The bookies priced... Uh, both France and Ireland at odds of 11 to 4 for the title and enjoying third place um, New Zealand and South Africa with odds of 7 to 2. That was today. So um, they're clearly underestimating New Zealand and South Africa. Uh, France, thinks, France thinks a win over New Zealand in the opening game is a show of their strength. What they don't remember is New Zealand played without seven of their starting 15. I think New Zealand is yet to peak and I think this weekend New Zealand could beat Ireland. New Zealand could dominate in the first 20 and Ireland will catch up mid-game and in the last 20 New Zealand will score a few more tries when Ireland are tired. That's my thoughts. Um, yeah, goodbye guys and thanks for a great podcast. Speak soon. Cheers. Oh, thank you. Uh, thank you. But, um, uh, another anticlimax for me this game. I was really looking forward to it. I knew who would win. However, I was hoping for a real ding-dong first half. And when um, there was obviously an early trial, but when Scotland did have a period of possession territory and were turning down the kicks, the penalty mm. kicks to the post, I just thought, oh, how naive is this? You're not going to run this Irish team off the park. And if you are going to run them off the park, it'll be in the second half, if at all, when they stop making changes or stop maybe tire a tiny bit. But why are you turning down kicks? Surely you should be building a score and then kicking on. Mm. I think um, teams have figured the Scotland team out because they are one-trick pony, aren't they? Let's give it to Finn Russell. He throws it. They try to get the ball wide. That's about all they do. Just work hard. Defence. Yeah. Just work hard. Um, they had 18 phases against Ireland the one time, and they didn't make a meter. And if you're not, if they're not, gosh, if they're not taking their kicks, then just you, you're working hard. Get them in field. I, I think, and I, we'll talk about it a little bit more when we talk preview Ireland going forward, but. Scotland, again, I think they've had the stuffing beat out of them. Typical Scotland. Um, like I said, it'd be interesting to see where they go with the coach. They they just don't have the size of men to dent these um, well-organized defenses. The game's becoming more about defense than attack now because the defenses are so good. It's about how you can actually get through the defense and, and unlock them. But um, Scot- Scotland, yeah, they they didn't fire a shot for me they, uh, they let me yeah, I, I thought, they know, could have done better than that, the, the other you? yeah the other they side of it better. is Ireland are really good they've been able to defuse the different types of attacks mm. yep. I, 
I think we've made the most inroads into them that I've seen for a long time. So the only, I think the only way that you can beat them is you have to bludgeon them. You know, Dialinde made some good meters and, and we went, the forwards constantly hitting them. Made a lot of good meters. I think the only other way, and we'll talk about it with New Zealand playing them next, is to go over them. So the short kicking game is going to become really important for New Zealand next week. Okay, well, let's move on. Uh, Japan. Uh, Do you agree or not agree? I'm really just. Yeah, well, as you said, you, we'll talk about that in terms of the predictions. Yeah. Oh, so you're, you're keeping me in suspense. Yeah. Or you just too lazy to answer or you're on the fence again? <laughs> <laughs> Japan 27, Argentina 39. I actually watched this game. It's quite enjoyable. Yeah, it was. Argentina starting to improve finally. Very dynamic in the backs at times, but uh, also vulnerable, very vulnerable. I think they picked up a big injury as well over the year. So these two teams, for me, have been really yeah. strange. Disappointing. So, so, yeah, and like you said, I, I do think Argentina are getting better. But the last World Cup, if you recall, the uh, Japanese backline was so dynamic. Amazing. And, and, and you know, Rossi even called it. He said, you know, they want to take us to the da dance floor. Quick feet, small guys, high energy, quick passing, very fit. Well, can you remember that first half? The quarter I'm, not finished. I'm not finished having my rant. Um, not my rank, just giving some insights here. Uh, um, yeah, and, and he said, we, we need to drag them to the gutter and beat them up. And that's very true. But when I watched the game, Argentina, who generally over the last know, 20 years that I've been watching them, have always had a really good pack and had one or two outside backs that were, mm. were world class. Japan were the other way around. Japan had this last World Cup, a really great back line and a very average pack. Now, on Saturday, what happened was the Argentinians won the game because of their classy backs. Mm. Their pack was going backwards mm. in the scrums, mm. which I've noticed over the last couple of weeks. So they, they don't have that hard edge up front anymore. And the Japanese, the back line were not as good as they were four years ago, and the, but the pack had improved. So it was like it had totally flipped um, the other way. So it, it's, it's a difficult to understand how, how that happens with countries, especially with a country like Argentina, they don't have the props they used to have, that's for sure. But their backs are class. Eh? Um, Carreras' brother, geez, what are they breeding out there in the Carreras family? It, it is quite strange, as you, as you say, because if we go back to the World Cup, last time it was in, in France, in 07, they had a wonderful pack. And they were playing eight-man rugby, mm. really, weren't they? They had a wonderful fly-off as well. But every time the backs got the well, the backs didn't get the ball. The fly-off got the ball. He put the ball in the air. <laughs> and that, that's how they competed. And it took them all the way to third place, beating France yeah. twice. And they've, they've always been famous but for that. But they've since joining um, the, um, Super Rugby and the, tri the, the championship now, as we call it, they've certainly um, ex expanded their game. Yeah, I don't think they're in Super Rugby. No, but since joining that, well, that's what I mean. Their culture's mm. changed from that forward orientated yeah. game, and they had to. They had to change but, it. But um, if we go back oh. to 2007, remember Hernandez played 10, really wonderful flower. Right? So good. I mean, their pack were the foundation they built their game on. They played 10-man mm. rugby. And, and even though they played an, att an attractive game, they had such a good kicker. They Remember, they beat France in the opening game, big shock. So they based around this forward domination and their pack is, who are they playing on, um, they play? Wales. Wales. Who have a wow. half-decent pack. Yeah, yeah. So that could get interesting. That could be an arm wrestle. 
that, that could be boring rugby, but a really intense game to watch. So, uh, yeah, Argentina have gone a little bit backwards in, in their forwards. <laughs> backwards in their forwards very and forwards in their backwards. Yeah, very good. Very good. I didn't <laughs> even do that on purpose. That's just stupidity. <laughs> okay. okay, so Sunday evening, 8 o'clock UK time. I was I was tired. These Sundays are long. I was Too already long. in bed. Too I was long. already in bed. iPad on. Uh, go on, I'll watch this. Fiji, Portugal. Brilliant. <laughs> that was one of the best games I've watched in a long time. I, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. How entertaining was that? <laughs> so entertaining. So entertaining. I, I think, um, wasn't it? Wasn't it three all at half time? I've never but, been so engrossed but, in the game that it had nothing to do with anything. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure there was no tries the first half and it was amazing to watch. Yeah, I, and, and again, that's why I think it points towards world rugby needing some sort of like for like tournament, yeah. you know, in the top two, then move into the main world cup tournament or something, because those games are super entertaining, super enjoyable and, um, the, the thing is, Fiji shouldn't be like for like, should they? They shouldn't. They should have gone away with it. But it's those kind of games that, you know, besides besides um, Ireland and South Africa, if I named the next three or four best games, they're not from the top teams. Mm. I mean, the the opening game, France New Zealand, that wasn't mm, particularly no. exciting. It was just there were two big teams yep. on display. The best games okay. have have come from. Who was the one you watched the other day? It was a Portugal Georgia where they drew. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, this game, brilliant. The same team involved. It's no surprise. And and they play that flamboyant. They run from anywhere. They stretch you right to left, right to left. They fit and they were hard. um, um, They're credit to Portugal. Gosh, their backs. How fit fit are Portugal's backs? And not only fit, how technically good are they? Mm. Doing that at speed constantly and under pressure. So, I don't know if if you heard, um, they were talking in commentary about yeah i'm sure there'll be um some contracts now being handed out blah blah now, you recall two or three weeks ago with i the injury said, sure. yeah, no no not with the injury with that foot in the air sorry the red card the red Same. card and i said mm. that guy it's potentially a life-changing event that happened there for that poor guy what was his lupine uh i can't remember what his name was but such a pity eh? such a pity it is um and um, uh, scrum half union here but that scrum half, it, blimey, he's a hell of a player. How, how he's not playing Premier Rugby? He or looks a world-class player. He is. Against Georgia, they made the mistake of taking him off when they were ahead against Georgia. Mm. And the replacement literally cost um, Portugal that game. Gave away a remedial, um, remedial error, uh, giving, giving away a, a penalty. Do you know, I agree with you. Do you know what really impressed me about him? Was it, a lot of the scrum halves nowadays are very good at going forward. But... He, He's very good at going backwards and covering and tackling and being. He took so many high kicks and then played it back. He's all round. He's a complete all round guy. Yeah. Kick sticks. He Does he? Kick sticks as well. <laughs> um, How old is he? Uh, he looks about fifty, but <laughs> like, like the Fijians. But also, uh, um, good box kicker. Good at um, good at his exit kicks. Although that was probably my only criticism of him mm. in the second half. He did numerous exit kicks from his own try line basically um into touch but they were losing every flipping line out and mm. they're better off just keeping the ball in play because they would turn gosh defensively they were turning fiji over at, at will it seemed to me yeah. but what do you make of fiji then? well fiji are always a, uh, 
you know, without going into stereotypes, but I'm going to have to a little bit. Um, the Pacific Islanders, they're, um, we've always questioned their fitness, you know, a little bit, but they're more disciplined now. But they have always been one of those teams, if, like, Fiji are through, basically. In their heads, they're probably yeah. thinking they're through. Fiji Pacific Islands are at the best when there's something on their line. The livelihoods, <laughs> they have to win this game, and they might not win Isn't the game, but everyone? they turn up. But though they really turn off. There's a big drop off with those guys. Yeah, I, I think, and I think there's a bit of that to play. But also, yeah, that they're probably already through. And Portugal, like uh, other teams, Portugal don't go away. They just don't go away, do they? And maybe, gosh, Fiji, that to to be fair, at times they look tired. Eh? They've got they, those they, props they playing. Did. In, in 60, 70 minutes. So, um, uh, Scott Britz, I was listening to a podcast he was doing with uh, Jean, uh, Jean de Villiers, yeah. and he was saying, um, you know the Welsh guy that was the fitness coach mm. um, in 2019? I, 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 yeah, he's got a funny Welsh man. Yeah. And, uh, he's with England. Now, he is, so. he is. So Scott Berger was saying, uh, Scott Britz was saying in there, what he had them doing was, he was running them ragged right up until mm. just before the quarterfinal. So he would train them flat out in all the <coughs> in all the pool matches. And he said to them, boys, we're going to taper it off when we get into the quarterfinal so that you, you, you peak with your fitness going into the quarter semifinals. And I'm wondering if Fiji aren't trying to do something similar because they looked exhausted. In fact, the, the, the guy that looked like he had the most energy was with the props. Strangely enough, they had some good games. The props were much; they were better than the back line, where it's usually completely the other way around. But but gosh, is a spectacle! It, oh, catches you up. I, I loved it. I loved yeah, it. Caught, I'm yeah. in bed getting caught up in the game, and I, I think you said last week you're fed up of these late games because mm. um, you're on a high almost afterwards and you can't sleep. Well, yeah. Try sleeping after that because I had tears <laughs> in my eyes at the final whistle with the crowd scenes. <laughs> yeah, I, I also got torn between who I wanted to win because. I wanted Fiji to go through, so I didn't want them to lose by more than seven mm. or whatever it was. It's and then I was like, course. but these Portuguese stars deserve this one too. They do. <laughs> 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 uh, anyway, it, it ended where I think both teams were the winner in terms of the bigger picture. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. <laughs> okay, so that's the uh, end of the uh, poor stages of the World Cup. And just before we move on to uh, Sean the Nose now and his three takes, uh, in general, what his three toes? Three toes or three takes. <laughs> what did you make of the pools stages of this World Cup? Just a general feeling. Do, do you know? Uh, I think they need to really look at it. I, well, I loved some of it, and I really disliked a lot of it. And I think the part that I disliked probably outweighs the parts that I did like. I'm like married and divorced to this World Cup. It's a very. That's how I feel about it. It's very up and down. Yeah, I'm, and it's going to be up and down again into the because of the ranking system and how they got seeded. And the World Rugby, they seem adamant they're expanding the World Cup to twenty-four teams next. Uh, do, do, do you know what it could have to do out. with? So maybe I'll have a little theory around this one. Is that the CEO of World Rugby, um, his KPIs are to grow the game, and his bonus is linked to that. So no matter what, he'll ensure that there are more teams because he'll be able to say he's growing the game. In actual fact, it does the game more damage. Yes, of course. Let's see what Sean the Nose has to say this week. Hello, gents. My top three takes from the week in rugby. Number one, 
the importance of a big squad. I think what we saw with England and with Fiji, the level of intensity definitely dipped off. I'm wondering if um, that is because they really knew they had qualified and so they didn't have to go out there and this wasn't a knockout rugby for them. But my goodness, England were poor. Owen Farrell, what are you doing right in front of the post getting timed out? That's just an absolute sin. Um, And Fiji, uh, you could just see, well, I thought they looked absolutely stuffed and shattered, honestly. Um, For them now to pick themselves up against England, I just think England are going to have way too much power. They're not going to play that bad again. Well, let's see. Who knows? My second take. Um, quite a bit of press and media coverage as regards um, the Saudis investment companies now wanting to get involved in world rugby. I've seen an article in the Daily Mail, yes, the Daily Mail, that um, South Africa have been approached. However, apparently they weren't willing to comment and also Australia have been approached. How interesting, you know, with the Saudis now basically taking over Premier League football and getting massively involved in live golf as well as Formula One. Is this the way it's going to go? Who knows? I know for a fact that um, English Premier League rugby would definitely welcome them. And my third and final take, um, wow, Portugal, my goodness. For those little minnow teams, wow, you played. You have been outstanding. My second team was Fiji, but sheepers, it's been overtaken by Portugal. How wonderful to see. I mean, the skill level, they were just fearless, unbelievable play. I'm sure many of those guys are going to be picking up some big contracts going forward. Fantastic, bravo, well done, Portugal. And a final little mention, I thought McFarlane for Samoa was absolutely outstanding. I've seen him play for Saracens. And um, he has been brilliant, but my goodness, that match against England, he was involved in absolutely everything. What a champion. Anyway, that's it. Enjoy the rest of your week, chaps. Bye now. Um, I don't actually know much about this Saudi um, mm, I picked Saudi it, things. Up. I picked it up. I, um, so th- they want to um, start a league, and obviously with that comes all money and well, that type of, maybe it's what um, what we need, you know, to make a change. I don't know enough about it to no. make too much of a comment on it. Sean the Nears sent me the article, and but it was quite vague. And um, funnily enough, it hasn't gotten out much in the media, has it? So I, I'm not really sure what the source is. We have to wait and see. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure Sean will uh, keep us posted. <sighs> quarterfinals we're here knockout stages mm-hmm. business end of the tournament and on saturday saturday afternoon the first game up is wales v argentina without wales will be without falatao mm. now i do remember saying last week or the week before that um i think gatlin's got them going again you know he's um that and if wales avoided injuries so Falata's gone, obviously. They're going to be a hard team to put away in the knockout stages. And, gosh, their pack's pretty solid now. They're playing that uh, pretty straightforward, simple, confidence-based rugby. Nothing too expansive. 
I see them beating Argentina. I can't see them losing against them. I think they're too consistent for Argentina and it would take quite a bit of magic from Argentina to put them away. And I think if they played uh, Ireland in the um, semi-final, whilst they wouldn't win, they they have the ability to really suck Ireland in and get them into an arm wrestle. I think they've got too much uh, scoring and psychological issues to compete with New Zealand. <laughs> uh, it's They're like in Italy, but a slightly better Italian... Uh, version really because every time Wales um, seem to play um, the All Blacks they get absolutely massacred <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm impressed with Wales again under Gatland he's, he's, he's doing his stuff again what do you think? I totally disagree <laughs> I think Wales are shit I think they played against the opposition they played against have been so bad that they've actually been able to look like they're semi-decent um, what Wales do have are a few really good players, mm. really good players. And um, they do stand out. And like you say, if they keep them injury free, you know, it could pose a, a bit of a problem here and there for somebody. But I think the level of teams they've been playing is so bad that they, it appears that they're better than what they are. So I, I think Argentina will win. I think it might be a bit of an arm wrestle. But post that, once they, if, if Wales do win and get through and meet one of the big teams, they'll get destroyed. I think they'll get another 50 point bashing. Okay, just, um, they are unbeaten, you know. Yeah. Fiji, they put away. Uh, and Georgia. Unbeaten where? Australia. We gave them 50 a couple of weeks before the World Cup oh, and no, no, no. we could have beaten them by more. Yeah, so I, I just, I don't. Fiji should have won that game. If, if the ref had two arms, um, Fiji would have won that game. And Australia, think about who you're talking about that they're playing. Australia. Australia are nowhere at the moment. But they're winning. Fee, fee, but if you're playing against shit teams, you and me could win. You know what I mean? That's that's my point. They, I don't think they're playing decent teams. I don't think they're any good. And I think they'll get destroyed as soon as they play against a proper team. I've got them to win by 10 points against uh, Argentina. I think they'll lose by 10. They'll lose by 10. And, <laughs> and I think they'll lose... If they do win, you put it down, they lose by 50. I'm not saying. Oh, no. Do they play England? With, no, no, no. No. If Wales, if Wales go through, which they won't, according to you. Yeah, but, um, if they do. If they go through, I, I, depending on who they play, I think if they played New Zealand, they could lose by 50, 60 points. Uh, yeah, but I Ireland, think, I think that they have the potential to keep that a lot closer. Yeah, and, and as they have a potential at times to grind things up, but they'll, they'll get a 50-pointer. Well, there's no put sense your bets sitting on, there. Put your bets on. <laughs> yeah, well, from both of us. <laughs> yeah. By the time you got off the fence, yeah. you, you, um, got, you got fence marks on your feet. Well, I'm also slightly biased. My uh, father supports Wales. He's a Welshman. I and, love uh, Wales. And I, so, um, I love Wales. So, yeah. But, but I'm not here to, to talk with sentiments. I'm like, you know, I, the, the whole, like, I know it's not, it's not what I want to be saying, but it's what I think. Okay. So, Saturday evening, Ireland be the All Blacks mm. in Paris, I presume, yes. under the guidance of New Zealand's favourite referee, Wayne Barnes, <laughs> <laughs> back in France. <laughs> and I can throw another little hand grenade into that. It's going to be raining, apparently. Whoa. Yeah. Is that all weekend, Angie? No, Saturday, apparently, not okay. Sunday. Yeah. So, so th that's a... Is it a game changer? Um... um I'm not so sure because um, if you think um, both teams are well versed in playing uh, in rain and yeah. technically 
Leinster play technically very well in round, yeah. and we all know what the uh, I'm, I'm Kiwi just, teams I'm are. I'm just thinking if a, you know a couple of knock-ons, but and that yeah, kind of thing, because they yeah. they ball players. You know, they they all like it's all about potentially Ireland are better suited to wet weather because they play very short balls and they loop around and they're very kind of tight short balls. Whereas New Zealand will throw it all over the place and you know play that Harlem Globetrotter style of um, of rugby. So. They could become more conservative. I, my, my view on it, like I said earlier, is the All Blacks can undo Ireland because they could undo anybody. That, that's just in their DNA. But I do think that Bowden Barrett's short kicking game is the way they could think about trying to go past Ireland because Ireland defends so well. And then when they turn you over, they just keep the ball for phase, for phase, for phase, and eventually you make mistakes, slip off a tackle, and they score. Or D-Mucks uh, kicking game. If they want to roll I the dice and I, do something different. But, I don't think they'll pick him because Fozzie picks the same players. He's very loyal to his players as well at the moment. Um, and and I just, yeah, I, I think that's the only, the the way to beat them is to kick a lot. What I, what I have noticed in, in uh, just the bits of media I've been reading, mm. not just Irish, across the board here, with the exception of the uh, New Zealand press, that uh, almost everybody is backing Ireland to win this, and I get it. But nobody's mentioning the fact that um, th they often bring up, you know, but France have already, already dispatched them. Well, how many players were missing from, key players were missing from that France game who are now mm. going to be brought back? And, and big players. Big, like Frizzell. Frizzell. So you've named, you've um, named one immediately. Was it Frizzell and And um, players against France were noticeable by their absence, mm. certainly to myself, to you, yeah. and nobody seems to be taking that into consideration. Well, well, let, let consideration. me tell you another, another interesting kind of observation, <coughs> now, that, now that you mention that, because that's really interesting. So if you go back to the previous World Cup, where New Zealand beat Ireland by 40 points. In the quarterfinals. In the quarterfinals. Nine, nine or ten of each side are playing in these teams. Um, okay potentially starting so now what's actually happened there you've got nine ten players that played against each other four years ago got, got blasted away by uh, a 40 point all black win and now sit where islands islands are the betting favorite um but isn't that interesting hey it what is, is the difference i um a hundred percent island yeah, their minds their mindsets they're they're a different they may as well be armor different plated, players armor plated you were out. They may as well be different players. In and and I think the the other thing, and I say this a little bit tongue in cheek, obviously, is the recruitment policy of Southern Hemisphere players. <laughs> but it's true, though. Because those are the difference. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Take those out. They have a wonderful system, and they'd be world class. Mm. And they'd be in the top four without those players, without a doubt. But would they be the team they are now? The, the cohesive unit. I'd, yeah, because they more than the sum of their parts. Oh, gosh. Yeah. A team. What, a, what a team, though. Who, um, who do you think is going to win? Oh, well, this is... I can't call this, you know. I, I can talk about what I think will happen. Okay. I think um, I think New Zealand will get off to a very good start. Mm. And for the majority of the game, Ireland will control it. Because that's pretty much what they do. But I can see New Zealand coming back into it later in the game also. I just can't call this game. I can't call it. And um, most people are calling it. They're calling Ireland. But that's I think that's the easy option. I think with New Zealand's um, players coming back, 
I kind of agree with you in terms of, you've already mentioned it on this podcast once, that uh, about teams who aren't battle-hardened. Mm. And the, Ireland are battle-hardened. Yeah, they are. They, they've, they've been through the ringer with the Springboks, if nobody else. And the All Blacks, I mean, are they battle-hardened? They played uh, Springboks at Twickenham, but... Heesh. I, I don't think New Zealand have the the pack at the moment. Both their first choice props are out, and those two first uh, choice props aren't even that good, if you ask me. Not yet. I know they're young and they're coming through, and, and I get that. You know, everyone raved about this Tomani. Uh, what's his? No, you carry on. Yeah, I, I forgot what his name is now. And uh, yeah, he he went off injured again. So I'm not sure who they're going to pick in their front row. But it's always it's been a bit suspect. And Ireland are going to go at them because, as we know, if your pack goes backwards, if you, if your pack's going backwards against a team like Ireland, you're in big no, trouble. You're in trouble. You're in big trouble. And um, yeah, if if the Kiwis can't get parity in the uh, set piece, particularly the scrum, they're, they're done. For I've I've just yeah. talked myself into an Ireland win. You have, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> I can't. I still can't. I've got to call it. I, I want. I want New Zealand to win. That's interesting. So do I. Why? Because of all this negative. Well, because of that knob, Clive Woodward, that came out and said, uh, you know, th- this is just proof that. Um, so all the Southern Hemisphere teams are out this weekend, and that the four semi-finalists will all be Northern Hemisphere, and it's just a reflection on the rugby. It's just things like that that annoy me. And, you know, I'm always having goes with, and, and it's fun, it's, it's not bad, um, fun with the Irish fans at the moment. And everybody wants to topple the king, don't they? So that, it's a couple of things. Um, none of them negative, because I see how good this island side are. But um, I would like to see New Zealand win. Yeah, they've... And I think it'll be easier for us to pull a demolition job on the All Blacks. Mm, and Ireland have such momentum. How many games is it? Do you think uh, fatigue may come into it a little bit, given that they play their strongest mm. team every, mm. every time? I, I, you know, and do, um, do you know what would be a great result? Is if they um, draw all the way right to the end and then, and then they're going to extra time and that both teams run themselves ragged and eventually New Zealand wins, maybe in a kickoff or something. So it's real tense. And Wales real will still get pumped sappy. in the semi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Wales are going to get beat down. Um, yeah, but but like I said, I'd I'd like to see a Southern Hemisphere team go through. And I, and I also, you know, Clive Woodward carrying on. But I also wrote um, kind of in the comments section that well, it doesn't really matter because you know half the well four, five, six of the Irish team and the same with the French team are Southern Hemisphere players, and they're not Southern Hemisphere born. They are Southern Hemisphere come through the systems. W- potentially would have been in the international sides, so, and but they were poached in the last couple of years and, and taken to France, uh, taken to Ireland and France. Okay, and you see, you've got Ireland by um, Ireland by twelve. I want New Zealand to win that. I'm going um, Ireland by eight, despite not being I, able I to think, pick it up. Yeah, I think yeah. if Ireland get ahead, they could really get ahead because, because I, I think these. Uh, so the veneer on the All Blacks, I think, will be quite fragile. So if they get ahead in the in the game, yeah, it's going to be cool. But if the island knock a try in and get ahead by ten points, I think the memories of the way they've been obliterated island. by a few teams recently will 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 haunt them. And I, I think that's really tough to deal with. And I think Ireland could then get away. Okay, okay. So we move to Sunday. 
and England are first up against Fiji. French referee. Mm. Um, so I, I think England will win it. I think they'll suffocate the game. Um, if Fiji, I hope, bounce back and make... There's no doubt Fiji could win it. I mean, we just know that they can. Um, but I, I think England will just have a bit too much in terms of defence and smothering and might just nick it. Yeah, I mean, the more I'm thinking about this, the more I'm thinking off oh, Fiji a bit out on their feet a little bit. I'm not sure if they're not, and they throw everything at England. This should be a good game. Right? Yes, I think it'll. I think it should be a decent game in terms of the fact that when Fiji play and they in that kind of mood, they suck you in and like it's real enjoyment because they get the ball and you, you think anybody can score from mm -hmm. anywhere. It's like it's, it's it's such a bizarre feeling compared to watching any other team. It's unconventional. There's isn't it? one or two players in other teams that you think when they get the ball, it's like it's a jolt of electricity. But the Fijian whole backline are like that. It's almost like watching rugby league at times with those going forward offensively. The um England though, gosh, if they pick if they go with Ford and Farrell again, I mean I'm just trying to think from an England point of view. I mean how are they going to win this? But you're probably right with the smothering, the 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 kick, the hard kick, set piece. I mean, you know, do they play Freddie Stewart in a game like this? I think they still pick him. Do you? I because, do. I mean, yeah. how much do you think the would players I? will... Would no. no, well, I? Wouldn't even, I, wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't even pick him in the club team. But, yeah, look, we can't make our mind up about it, really, can we? So, yeah, it's going to be yeah, well, going to we'll, be up in the air time. We'll go England. I'll go England yeah, by I, eight. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Okay. And lastly, on Sunday, if we make it, if we're still awake yeah. <laughs> or sober. The whole weekend is going to be the longest weekend of my life. France versus the Springboks. Let's start to France with the referee, Ben O'Keefe. Oh, my God. Refereeing us again just, what was it, three weeks after the island game. Well, we both actually gave him, I wouldn't say glowing reports, but we were both not. We weren't unhappy with him. Yeah. A decision at the end, I remember, with the ball. But yeah. he, he kept the he kept the game going. I mean, the breakdowns was a bit of a lottery. And um, so, my my issue with him is he kind of panicked in that last decision with Ireland and South Africa, didn't he? So and, quickly. And, and then went with it. Yeah, exactly. So, why, if you see that chinkin is refereeing armor, do you put him in potentially the biggest game so far in this World Cup? Uh, the biggest atmosphere. That's what I mean. The biggest so atmosphere. So there's going to be the most pressure for a referee in that game. Insane. Yeah. And, and on the TMOs. Oh, oh, oh. On so thank God Marius Yonker is not involved. Oh, uh, yeah. Good luck to... Um, I know, I'm not thinking him. I'm thinking Yako Piper. Good luck to Wales. No, Yako Piper's <laughs> on the uh, sideline for... Um, the island, uh, sorry, he's the doing Wales Pumas, yeah, but he's, he's part of the sideline oh, team for, for okay. us versus France. What, what do you think the game plans are going to be? Oh, well, it all depends on selection, well, obviously, in my mind. So, but but game plan drives selection, selection doesn't drive that. We don't, you know, we don't beat them, we don't know, we don't beat them picking the same team we've picked for the last year or so, as I've been. Boring everybody to death over the last uh, how many podcasts? But they've, they've only beaten us once in the last three. Yeah, but every time we've played, and we should have beat them the last time as well. Every time, yeah, we should, but we don't. Suspect, suspect officiating. Yeah, one. but one thing we haven't been doing is taking up points, and we haven't been doing it in this mm. World Cup. 
Scotland, Romania even, because of the because of the winds are so big, you don't look at what was it, fifteen points against Scotland, I think, or maybe more, eleven against uh, eleven. That was you know that was the okay. game change. So I, I know we've written down our, our team and we, we've agreed on it. So, so in my mind, you start off to beat France, you keep it tight, you play set piece, you play scrum line out, on the presumption that um, you're going. You may not get dominance with those. You probably won't do, but you'll you'll have a platform and you take the and you play a tight game and you take the points when they're on offer. And then maybe in the second half, if you're slightly behind or you need to chase, step it up, change change things up, then uh, Marnie comes on in the whole, you know, the variety, the 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 onus on tries starts. The ringleader. Yeah, I mean, can get looser. I, I think a, a big piece of the puzzle for France that's missing is and and them getting parity with us in the forwards is Paul Willemser. So Paul Willemser's out. So now they've got Flamand and the other guy who are not mm. heavyweight um, locks, who I think were both actually originally flanks. So I I know, you know, th they they don't have that size. They they lack a lot of size and competitiveness. With the loss of Valimsa, so I think we have a um, an edge there. But then we've lost marks when we, we talk we, about competitiveness. No, we have, yeah. but there's a bigger gap. We we able to replace marks with Bongi, who fits very well into our system of forward domination of a strategy of physically fucking the other team up. Paul Valimsa coming out and bringing in a much lighter weight lock changes the strategy of the way the French pack can can play you've got too much it's it's a much less it's a much smaller guy so i think there we should be able to win that battle with france you i'm not so it? sure i'm not sure in the first half no Ooh. i think it could be a bit like ireland where um that's fine th there's lots of parity there mm. and it's only when the replacements come on that you start seeing how deep and how strong we and physical we yeah, actually I, are i agree and i i think another thing and i'm going to call this out uh, France, are, France um, has not been, well, Herbert has not been as good as he has been in the past. Mm. He gave away that penalty against uh, Ireland that they took. and he kind of us. He's given away a lot of penalties re recently, and he has had very little domination in the way that he had in the autumn. You, you know, what he, what he did to England in that one of those scrums where... He actually, the, the other prop, he buckled him round that he, he somersaulted in the scrum. And the funny thing was, England got the penalty and even Flatman said on commentary, that is the worst call I've ever seen in my life because it looked like he was in the washing machine while he got flipped round. But he hasn't been that dominating person in the front row. Now I'm talking myself back into France coming back into it. <laughs> France at home. Wonderful team. They have a 16th man in the crowd. There's no doubt. Oh, about that. 17. Um, it, ben Akif, 18. We win this. It'd be hell of a hell of an achievement. Discipline is obviously key, as are the ref and the TMOs. What we don't want to see on either side is cards, because mm. even a yellow card is is likely to change this game on either side. Yeah. It's that I think yeah. it's that tight. Mm. And a red card would just be that. Oh, yeah, and yeah. and also the discipline needs to be so on point because. Ramos is such a good kicker. He's he, wonderful. He, he might be the best kicker in the tournament, actually. Mm. He just doesn't miss, does he? No. And um, so every time you put it anywhere near him slotting it, it goes through its points. I think we've got to, the first 20 minutes of this game 
could potentially, in my view, be pivotal to the outcome of it. So if we get on top and we get some points and they will struggle to get back at us. And that's the game that we can play. We yeah. can play it well. Listen, we're in knockout rugby now. And this is, that's this what is we our should forte. Do. Yeah. There's going to be no receiving, hopefully, is there, from uh, with Fuff yeah, trying to do, play do it you, out as Do you think 22. that we'll be rusty to play that game plan with Pollard? Because he hasn't played I much. Think, I think it's more a cultural thing. It's uh, just a go-to for us. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I get what you're saying. It's like get back on the bicycle. It's just go-to, isn't it? Uh, it's... I want to see us play that way against them. And then whoever we play in the semi on the way to playing whoa, whoa, Ireland whoa, 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 final. We're going through. Angie is predicting we go. <laughs> well, let's just hear what uh, the voice from the Cape himself thinks about this game. France and South Africa. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I'm nervous like everybody else. Uh, what I do feel is that we would, when entering the Coliseum there at Stade de France, the first thing is to shut that fucking French lot up. If we can quiet them down, we might have a chance because they are going to come out all guns blazing in that first 10 or 15 minutes. If we can absorb that pressure and not concede too many points, I do feel that we will then have a chance to beat them because if they can't get their way they tend to implode unlike south africa so for rassi doing his little picks late again playing a bit of games there uh i think keeping the french going or waiting for till the last minute is probably a couple of things that they've got up their sleeve um i don't know what the team is going to look like i've got an idea in my mind with the team that i have selected that i believe would be the best suited to bring us a result but we will all have to wait and see. But to be honest, I believe we stand a very, very good chance here. And I think it will be a close game. And South Africa will win by eight. Gosh, well, there's the voice from the Cape. Uh, a lot more positive now than he was at the start of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the polar opposite, in fact. Um, what are you thinking on Am? Let's, let's, presume, let's presume he's one of those players. A bit like DuPont, I suspect. Some players can just turn up and perform mm. let's presume he's like that let's presume his fitness is up to up to speed and he's training well do they put him in no mm. because I, I don't think you can be on top of your game but if you don't fit into the system and you haven't got experience in the system it's almost like a game too late for him in my view because i want to get him in he's no doubt i mean he, 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 he everyone knows what he is but i uh, i think the risk is too high and i i let me clarify a little bit more around the risk is too high. It's not just about him. So what you could potentially have in your back line, you could have Pollard, who's just come back off a big injury, and Anne. They could both go down in the first 10 minutes. Mm. And so how your bench would have to look very different. And you potentially, the worst case scenario you could go with is a 6-2. And it's almost pushing you towards a 5-3. Mm. So the, the risk multiplies across the team, I think, if you put him in. I'd love to have him on the bench, but I uh, I couldn't find space for him on the bench in, in my team. So yeah, maybe get a, a you know a half in the in the semi or something. See where he is. Okay, well thanks for that, Angie. Uh, on Friday, the uh, the Springboks will announce the uh, announce the squad unless Russ is playing more games and uh, to be Thursday afternoon or something. <laughs> and uh, we'll be doing a reaction pod on Friday. Uh, Tida, 
But um, in the meantime, both myself and Andrew have selected a squad for the France game. Mm. And um, it's remarkably similar. I think it's we were one person different. Well, if we start with the front row, Andrew, so we've gone uh, Malherb, Spicy Plum, the other side, mm. and Bongi in the middle. We've gone Franco and Eben Blocks, yes. Sia, Peter Stuff. I mean, that picks itself, doesn't yeah, it? Completely yeah. picks itself. And the the point of difference last week was we had different eight starting, but mm. I think we've both gone for Dwayne this, uh, yeah. this time. Why have you changed your mind on Dwayne? I've always said Dwayne. I, I haven't changed my mind. Remember, I always said... To I, finish, though, I, that was your normal... D- look, because I yeah. can't carry Visa on the... <coughs> I, I think D- Dwayne is just the key, like the glue f- for me with this team. They seem to play a lot more mature rugby when he's around. There seems to be less gaps. I, I don't know how that uh, an individual has that kind of effect on a team. I think it's a, similar to Mahoney. Um, I think he has that effect on the team. P- possibly a key guy, if he goes off, it's almost like guys are like, wow, if a main man gets hurt, you know, the, the team feel it. So I, I've always wanted to go for Dwayne. I was a bit surprised that they went for Visa. And I don't think Visa's been firing on all, you know, he hasn't been as good as I've seen him play. He hasn't been as destructive. I haven't seen him jackal over the ball as much as I, I, I mean, he was all over it at times. So I, I, I wouldn't be disappointed if this goes in there, but mm. my, my personal preference is Dwayne. Yours has changed because you originally went with Visa. No. 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 Dwayne always to start. Always okay, to so start. We both. And I went, I went. The reason I went for that was because with Marx's loss as a real mm. jackler and, mm. a, and, a, and a fetcher, I thought Dwayne almost takes over that role and he's, he's just a more, more all-round player than Visa. Mm. What I've been really impressed with Dwayne, um, particularly about this year is how his, how his fitness has gone from really struggling not so long ago in, uh, but you get players like that. Eh? I mean, he's just come here and he's really been looked after by the coach. Mm. I mean, really looked after. He wasn't in the island game. He was, he was coached that day for a menu. So, so I, I think the other thing that could happen is they drop a lock and put Visa in. So you, you recall the last game they played Eben for 80 minutes and we and both s- commented on it. And, yeah. and you said to me, why do I think? And I said, I think because they're going to want him potentially to run in 80 minutes. Like Peter Stoff. Yeah, Peter Steff. So, and he can. He can do it. So, given that then, okay, well, we'll get on to the... Uh, the Sorry, which means you can have Visa on the bench too, because you drop Klein. So, nine, we've both gone for Fa. Now, at fly half, I think we've both gone for Polo. Yes. Marat. Okay. Inside, and we've explained our strategy. We want to play typical South African rugby. Absolutely, and take the points. Um, inside centre, Damien Dialandi. We have both gone for... I know, I know. I, I, do, do you know what? Because... I think unfairly, Estazen hasn't been given enough chance. And even when he has performed really well, because Le, um, Am got injured, it, it meant that um, he was going to get less of a chance starting. I quite agree. Yeah. Quite agree. Uh, outside Jesse Creel, still hanging on to that spot. And he's, he's played well. Yeah. yeah. He's been the best I've seen him play consistently. Absolutely. So I'd, I'll give him that. Okay, in terms of the back three, now I've gone Moody. Myself. And you have as well, which yep. is unusual because at first I wrote down Arinsa, Willemsa, Colby. You know, spoiler alert. <laughs> and then the more I started thinking about the bench <laughs> and things that 
might, could like could potentially go wrong, etc., etc. And um, it's funny how you sh- you you your squad shifts in the mm. space of a few so, days. So you could you could have that team with Am on the, or you could start Am, mm. eh? If you've got Moody, yes. And if he gets mm. injured, he, he goes into centre. Absolutely, yeah. And then um, just your bench is a little different. So there is that, but I don't think that's the way they'll go. I, I agree. I think they'll go Creel. We both want Moody in. I, I think he's such a phenomenon. And mm. uh, we've found a way of putting him in there, haven't we? So. Well, he's forced his way in there as well, hasn't he? With like, he's such a complete player, and his mm. ceiling he is probably higher than everybody in that team, bar maybe a Lacanya. I mean, he's probably. Yeah, he's very skillful. Aaron's is a finisher there, that's for sure. So you've gone Colby as well. Yes. And you've gone Willem, so same as me. Yeah. Unfortunately, Vili, my favourite player, I can't find a space for him at the I, moment. I think he's played himself out of the game because he's calamity, Vili's back. Okay. But you know, they're very loyal to Vili, eh? Oh, yeah. But who who was the option for them last time? It, it, it was Willem, so wasn't it? He was the backup. Yeah, I think, look... It's a natural progression of age and experience and, you know, maturity of him. Damien Villasen has been fantastic, and there's no doubt in my mind he should be the starting 15. Okay. And now we go to the we go to the bench. I struggled with this because uh, I mentioned it to you early before we came on, on air um, that I wanted the seven ones I naturally was gravitating <laughs> to being greedy with forwards. Mm. And you think four years ago, the six two was unheardable. And I'm thinking, I know, but I, you know, well, if we start with them, I've got, um, I've got Trevor. Yeah. Trevor. Can I just say something before we pick those? So I think for me, the, the reason I didn't go for a seven one split is because Tonifer Lua comes on in the last 20, 30 minutes who adds a lot of size mm. into that. So I, I don't think you have the luxury of just beating this French back up the way you would look to to do like we did against the All Blacks at Twickenham. Okay, so if we start with the front row replacements, I presume, well, I think you've got the same as yes. me. We've got um, we've got Trevor, we've got Ox, and, and we've Fruit. got um, Dion Fruity. Yep. So there we go. Now, I've got RG. Oh, this was my dilemma now. <laughs> do I pick... Jean Klein, or do I have Van Storten? And the th- the thinking behind Van Storten coming in was to replace one of the flankers, you know, if, especially Sia, if Sia mm. doesn't play the 80. But the RG and Jean play so well together. Yeah. But then I'm thinking Eben can play 80 as well. I've actually gone with the two lot replacements. Yeah. Um, how about yourself? Yeah. So you've two, done the same. So that's um, that's f- that's five forwards. I've only got one more forward, and that's Quagga. Yeah, Quagga. Why him? Why not Visa? Because initially I did write down Visa. Mm. I just wrote it down. I think form form oh. is one, and he's also been so he's so unorthodox, and he, he plays like two people at times. So while he's in this kind of form, I, I think we need to play him. Form is we know form's temporary, but they're both really class players. I just think he's more in form. I, I, but what it means is they have to get 80 minutes out of either Dwayne or Sia. Mm. Now, if we go back to Dwayne here, because I don't see him as an 80-minute man. No, he's not. So who replaces him? Quacha. Absolutely. Who has you know, got... Do you know what? You've just talked me into Klein's not going to make this squad and they're going to... Because uh, Sia hasn't played 80, has he? No. No. Sia, so that's what, that's what mm. they're going to go with. They, they're mm. going to play... They're going to ask Eben to run 80. They're going to bring on 
oh yeah, they're going to bring on. Um, so who? So then you're going to go Van Staden, potentially Van Staden mm. and Quacha, yeah. rather than Quacha and Visa. Quacha, so he's proven himself off the bench, isn't no, it? I, I, so I'm agreeing the Quacha thing. You've done that, and the Visa versus Van Staden, you're going to pick Van Staden. Yeah, he offers more. Visa only plays one position. Van Staden only plays one position. He's looking at Realistic. I I think. He's also been in good form though from starting when he's come on. He's done everything right. And Quacker's been great off the bench. As you've yeah, just yeah, spoken yeah. about, Quaker's, he scores tries, he's elusive. Quacker's been, well, him and uh, Ache have been our best um, substitute. Oh, what am I talking about? The front row being magnificent. Yeah, it's it's a tough one. Um, I, I, yes. You're I, slightly changing now. You're thinking. Uh, I take out Klein. So he's gone. Yeah. Because I, I think you can get an 80 minutes out of. Um, Eben, a good 80 minutes. Uh, I don't agree. think you can get that out of Dwayne, and I don't think you can get it out of Sia at the moment. Maybe Sia, but who knows? But why? Why, but even, it, why even do that? Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. Okay, so we've agreed. <laughs> we picked the same team. Um, I haven't changed my opinion yet. <laughs> ah. <laughs> I know you did. You said you're going to go with Finstad. Uh, you convinced me. I tell you and now I'm agreeing with you. We've, we've, we've God, we're, we're too aligned on this. Eh? Okay, so that leaves the two on the presumption. But, but we weren't. We've talked about no, it and ended up in the same place. And my theory um, in the group stages was that not only the Springbok supporters, but the coaches would get closer and closer aligned as the tournament mm. went on. Mm. So I would actually be shocked if, even though we normally say, we, well, how can you be shocked with what Rusty comes out with and job? But if they pick something significantly different to what we're picking now, mm. I'd be shocked, actually. I'd be shocked. So, so would I. I would be even more shocked if they picked something, if they picked the team that we've picked, and then they play this strange, try and take kicks from all over the place instead of hitting it into the corners. When We know the range of Pollard. You know, he's probably a 55-meter kicker. But we mustn't do any of the silly stuff. Like, And they can be a bit flippant about these things at time and now we see they're using those flashlights to indicate take kicks don't take kicks mm -hmm. so they've taken more control and uh, i'm not i'm not a fan of that I, I think you coach the guys to make those decisions on and you want to make them less reliant on the coach on the pitch and more reliant on the team although in uh, chasing the sun russie did say he told them take the points and they said fuck you we go going for the corner well that's proper rugby that's old school rugby yeah. <laughs> Okay, so we've both gone for this 60 split. Mm. So uh, I'm not sure on your two, actually. I think we have the same, but I've gone uh, Marnie, Lebok, and uh, Reinock. Yep, same. So the same. So why Marnie on the bench? So we we lucky and potentially where these haphazard um, selections are paying off a bit now is that the other players in that team that can cover all the positions on there, whereas... None of those guys on the are, are specifically a good fly half. So I think you have to go with Marnie, offers you something different. And I think the level that you drop in terms of capability, if you try and get any of those players on the field to play fly half, goes down significantly. So I think you have to go with Marnie. What's your thinking? Um, that um, if you're changing up, um, I think if you bring in Pollard on because things aren't going that well, for example, it's too late. Pollard's not going to... I agree. You know, the kicks have been missed, if you like. You know, um, but um, if you're bringing Marnia, I mean, there's a man who can change things up. And is, 
and the fact that he's proven his, his linkage works with the backs that he can play a, a more ni- dynamic and foster-paced game mm. and get people running more. So that, that's really my thinking about it, which um, won't be any different from anybody else's, I suspect. Look, I'm confident that, that we can win. I'm always confident that we can. No, I'm not always confident, but um, I I feel that we could have too much. The, the the thing that really makes me hesitant is the crowd and the crowd's effect on the ref and the TMO and all these strange things that tend to go for the French. And now it's in France. Um, I, I'm, I don't like all of that. But uh, yeah, we absolutely can win and I think we should. I think we're a better team than them. Yeah, so I'm um, I'm actually not going to call this until I, I know the actual score. because sounds like you. Because you know me, well, it's all about the fly off to me or the kicker. So, um, so that will determine so, whether I predict a win or not. Yeah. I, I mean, I would, I, I wouldn't understand if they went with Marnie to start. Then you then wouldn't I, understand. No, I, I, I would, I don't know. Like, how would you? Because if you bring Pollard on and he goes down, then we're even in bigger trouble. And you brought him on after possibly, if if Marnie's if Marnie's playing and he's getting all his kicks, you potentially leave him on. Well, um, why would you bring Pollard on? You hundred percent leave him on. Yeah, so this is my point. So that's why I would rather start with, I think, and and to play the rugby like I think we need to play to beat them. Um, I want Pollard. Okay, and because I love you, Alma. <laughs> Thank you, Andrew. And uh, <laughs> we haven't mentioned Ranga, who's been in here the whole time as well. Yeah. Well, uh, we're going to call it a day now. We'll see you all again on Friday. Um, all means um, follow us on Twitter or X as it's now called. Yeah, come and come and have a look and give us a bit of support, please. We'll be good. Yeah, see you soon. And over to you, Voice of the Cape. Bye bye. When entering the Coliseum there at Stade de France, the first thing is to shut that fucking French lot up. Keep the ball at the clock. My arm. Now look at your arm. Marks. My pimpy. A club with deluxe. Well, I'm going to look at your arm.